Heritage Media. Accommodation, studio flat, secondary suite, dower house, mini house or in Australia, you may know it as the humble granny flat. While they have always been a staple in the backyards across our country, in the past few years the granny flat has exploded with homes for sale with space to build one being snapped up, homes with one already in place selling before they hit the market and companies that build them with a wait list as long as nine months. Here on the Central Coast, they can turn an investment home with a 3% return to one with 7%. To help you understand all the laws around DA's requirements, design and cost is Kurt Bradbury, real estate agent at Wisebury Heritage. Hi, Kurt. Hello. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about granny flats. And for everyone thinking about putting a granny flat at the back of their property on the Central Coast, what are the rules regarding block size? So the rules in the Central Coast area, well, it's actually a state government rule, is the minimum block size has to be 450 square metres. Um, however, if the house is obviously a larger home on a 450 square metre block, there are certain setbacks that you have to um, come by. Um, ideally, the perfect block's probably around 600 square metres, to be honest. It gives enough space and separation between the two to have good tenants um, not living on top of each other. Mm -hmm. So. 450 is the minimum, but yeah, 600 in my eyes is probably the uh, the best. Do you see many 450 blocks getting a granny flat on them? That seems pretty small. Um, not really, but there is. There is definitely some around um, the area where people have gone, well, you know, my block just makes it in. We're very lucky on our part of the Central Coast is that we don't have really much smaller than around 550, 575 is kind of the average in the area. So to have a, a 450 square metre block is very uncommon. But there are people that do do it, but yeah, it's very on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And how much room needs to be around the granny flat with fences and in the existing house? Is there specific laws around that still? Yep, so there is. There's two ways you can actually go about putting a granny flat on your property. One is um, called a CDC, which is a complying development, which means that you can actually um, bypass council and you can go to a private certifier. Um, you just have to meet some certain criteria with that way. So one of the criteria is it has to be three metres off the back fence, has to be 900 off any side boundaries, and it has to be 1.8 metres away from any structural council-approved dwelling or pool. So if you did have a pool, it'd be 1.8 metres. If you did have another house, it's 1.8 metres. So that's the CDC. It also can't be in a fire zone and it can't be in a bushfire zone. So that's the easiest way to go through because you actually don't have to notify any of your neighbours if, um, if you're going to you know, put a granny flat on where... If you were to renovate your house, you actually have to go through a DA, which means then you have to notify all the neighbours around you and then they can contest that, obviously. So the companies that do that, are they the granny flat companies themselves or is that just someone different, a third party who does all that? No, it is a granny flat. So usually if you go to a granny flat company, they will do everything for you. And depending if your block is suitable or if you have the space for those setbacks, depending if you're in the fire zone or in, in the flood zone, they will push towards a, a CDC because it's a lot easier for them to get it through and it's usually quicker rather than um, the second option, which is putting in a DA. So if you do put in, go down that way of a DA, it means that you can apply to have it only you know, a metre off the back fence. Um, it means that you can have it 900 off the boundary still, but it's a little bit more flexible in terms of that. But if it's in a, a flood zone and a bushfire zone, you have to go down that DA route, um, which means that it, you know, time frame's a little bit longer, cost could be a little bit longer as well. You also have the possibility of neighbours um, complaining about it, 
which means that sometimes it wouldn't go through as easy as you'd like. Okay, so the neighbours just wouldn't have a say if you went down option A. That's right. Okay. Correct. Nice. Which some people like and some people don't. And, um, and what's the maximum and minimum size of a granny flat? If you're looking at, obviously, there's one bedroom... Two-bedroom, I don't know how many three-bedroom granny flats are out there. Yeah, look, there are some floor plans out there, but the maximum size is 60 square metres of internal living space. So you can have a 60 square metre house in terms of, you know, bedrooms, bathrooms, living area, but you can also have a garage as well, but you can't have that as internal living space. So habitable living space is 60 square metres. There is no real minimum. Obviously, you'd want to build as big as you can because 60 squares isn't really that large. Yeah, so is that the size of sort of a small two-bedroom? Yeah, correct. So yes. like the older kind of holiday homes in our area, they're probably around the 60 square metres where they're just two bedrooms. Yeah, but this obviously is much better use of space and layout and design. Correct, so yeah. bigger. Yeah, exactly. So it, does, it doesn't matter how you design internally, but the internal wall-to-wall from you know, your width versus your length has to be 60 square metres, no bigger. And can you have granny flats attached to your house or do they always have to be detached? No, you can definitely have them attached. Um, depends what type of purpose um, you're going to be using it for. If it's in-law accommodation or family or things like that, maybe an attached is a better way to go. If it's more your investing um, kind of um, that line you're going down, then obviously the further away from the front house, the better um, mm-hmm. because obviously there's more space so it doesn't feel like you're kind of living on top of each other. Oh, I guess that leads into my next question, question which is... Um, should you really be thinking about who's actually going to be living in it and using it before you go and design it? Um, once again, it depends on your investment strategy. So if your investment strategy is to, okay, we're going to rent them both out separately, then yeah, you should sit down and go, okay, what's going to be working the best in terms of layout, parking, um, privacy, not only from the front house, but also the surrounding houses, um, you know, in the property as well. Um, when this law came in, and I think it was 2009 that the state federal government bring it in about the granny flats and you know the CDC and that kind of thing, I believe that corner blocks probably went up around thirty to fifty thousand dollars overnight because nobody back in the day, no one wanted a corner block. I grew up on a corner block, and my parents didn't mind it because of the privacy, but you know you have to mow that uh, medium strip down the side, you have to maintain it. Um, privacy and security sometimes um, isn't as um, you know tight as it is if you live next door to someone but yeah as soon as this law um, came in everybody wanted a corner block so these days it's very hard to find a corner block because most of them in our area have been developed already Um, but if they do come on the market they get snapped up straight away okay that's really interesting and what about the drive the driveway do Mm -hmm. granny flats need a separate driveway technically no so um, if you're going down the da or the cdc there's no need for a driveway. They actually don't even ask where parking is. Um, So you can have a house at the front that takes up the entire frontage. A block of land in our area um, is the old um, 50 foot, which is 15.24 metres. Some houses take up that entire um, 15.24 metres where you might only have 900 on either side. If you were to put a granny flat on, you can definitely just put one at the back of that property um, with just the 900 access point. Um, some people will just have off-street parking where they park in the um, curb and gutter or, you know, in the gutter. Some will actually put um, you know, parking in the front yard for that and just walk down the side to the back running flat. But there's no um, no laws around that. Okay. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the site costs and where you yourself having developed granny flats and you would have seen other people where people can get caught off guard with what they're not expecting to pay. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is that if you are in the flood or the bushfire zone, they're the two biggest things that probably um, are going to come into effect in terms of pricing. They're going to push your price up. 
the other thing is also knowing where your sewer runs because and your services so if you're if you've got a 1500 square meter block and you put it right at the back obviously there's going to be extra cost there because you're going to have to run your power your electricity if your sewer runs at the front you've got to run all that so that's going to add into extra costs and the same with um you know with your bushfire or your flood you know depending how bad the flood zone is you might have to build up about a meter which is extra costs or if it's a sloping block or if it's in a fire zone you might have to um, fireproof the whole house um, so those are extra costs that come into it but uh yeah so that's, i think that answers the question there yeah it does but with the um how would i if i'm doing my research i'm looking at buying a home and putting on a granny flat how can i find out if it's in a flood and fire zone yep so online um Wyong, or central coast council have an online mapping tool and you can actually um just google um Central Coast mapping tool, and then you can actually put in the address, and it'll, they have like a um, a system that will tell you if it's in a fly a fire zone or if it's a flood zone, um, that kind of thing. The other option is when you get a contract of sale for the property, if it's on the market, you can actually look in this um, section ten point seven, which is a zoning certificate from Central Coast Council, and it'll also tell you if it's in a, a fire and a flood in that as well, and if there's any road widening as well. I guess it's never been easier to do your research. Hundred percent. So. Okay, so starting costs. For a granny flat? Yep, so starting costs, if you were to go to a granny flat company and say, look, I pretty much want you to do from start to finish, um, you're looking around probably around 130 to 140,000. Um, I do know they are starting to go up, so there might be a little bit more than that. Now that's just for a standard 60 square granny flat, you know, no bells and whistles, probably no air conditioning, um, you know, very basic in terms of like if you would go to a project builder like Coral Homes or Allworth, it'd be very similar kind of quality like that. Okay. So when you're seeing the deals done, you know, Granny Flat $60,000 and Granny Flat's $80,000, uh, is that, is it just a completely different, is, is it, are they not including site costs? Are they not including, that's just the build? Correct. So there are some um, Granny Flat companies that will actually make their Granny Flat on, at the building on site. And then what they'll do is they'll ship them in, crane them over, and then connect the services and everything like that. Um, a lot of those places, in my opinion, don't really look like a small house. They look like the old relocatable homes in you know the caravan parks. Mm -hmm. So in terms of renting them back out or um, you know getting them revalued for the banks, they're, they're not going to stack up as high. Um, so my personal opinion is I would try and build it as close to a nice little two-bedroom house because it's going to be more appealing for sale and also for rent. Where I have heard of the places, you know, with the shipping containers as granny flats and things like that. But we all know that, you know, sometimes the quality's not there. So I'd just be careful and it just depends what your budget is, one. Um, and also, two, doing your research to make sure there's no hidden costs in terms of the crane might cost you 5000 to get it lifted over the house. Then you've got to still do your peers, which could be another 5000 Then you've got to connect all your services, which might be another, you know, ten to 15000 All of a sudden, that $60,000 granny flat it's coming up to around ninety or a hundred thousand before you even touch landscaping. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of research should people be doing before getting quotes in? And are there some great local granny flat builders, or do we need to go to Sydney? No, there is. There is. Um, I've used one personally, um, backyard granny flats. Um, so they've uh, with uh, my um, portfolio that I've done, I've actually done two where I've done um, kind of done the research and done the build myself, where I've gone and got approval. Um, then I've got uh, a builder in to build the, you know, got it to lock up stage. And then I've got people in to actually do like the, you know, the tiling, the waterproofing, the kitchen. I did the painting, things like that to save money. And it did work out cheaper, but it does take a lot of time and energy out of it. It's like project managing your own build. But Backyard Green Flats did one for me last year. Um, the turnaround time was, I think, four months. Um, they're really good in terms of um, there's no hidden costs. There's no, 
hidden things I have built for other project builders before where it's dragged out for six or nine months. But yeah, I had a really good experience with them. So, but there's a lot of people um, or a lot of companies in this area that you'd be able to um, do your research off. Yeah, okay. Central Coast Council has just gone into administration. Do you think this is going to affect, if you do go down the road of getting a DA yourself, do you think it's going to affect how long it's going to take? Potentially, I think it's probably, um, I think this year's been a bit of an unusual year with council and everyone working from home and, and that kind of thing. So I think there has been a lot of delays um, because people have been working from home trying to work out, you know, the technologies of it and everything. But yeah, I do think it's probably going to delay it. But I also do think that you might see that prices um, for the fees of the granny flats actually go up as well because um, council are going to try and recoup some money. Mm. And I believe that's where they're going to probably look is developers um, okay. or people you know, doing things, developments in the area. And how long is it taking at the moment for a DA for a granny flat? DA would be probably around the four to six weeks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the turnaround time where your CDC, your complying development, um, would be probably around two to three weeks depending on who you picked. Yep, okay. And what about the build time? How long does it, an average two-bed granny flat? Yeah, about three months, yeah. So the, as I said, mentioned before, backyard granny flats did mine in three months. And I'd say three to four months is probably if it's just a, a basic, you know, standard, um, you know, concrete slab kind of design. Okay. Now, we are talking obviously about the 2262, 2263 and 2259 postcodes, which yep. are the areas we deal in. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's an average rental return yep. per week on a two-bed granny? Yep. You're looking around the 320 to the 340 per week. And that's, you know, any area really on the Central Coast. That's for a basic one. Um, I have heard of obviously people getting a little bit higher in a nicer area, like, you know, your Nora Head, and, you know, if they've got, you know, ducted air conditioning, if they're made out of brick, if they've got garaging um, or storage space, um, total separation from the front house, obviously, then that can kind of go up from there. Mm-hmm. And if I put a granny flat in my backyard and I'm instantly a landlord, does that mean I've got to deal with them and collect the rent? Unlike if I had an investment property, I can be anonymous. Yep. I'm not anonymous in this case. So how does that work? Yeah, look, you can always hire an agent to actually still manage it. Um, and then the agent, if there is any issues with the granny flat, which you, you would hope there wouldn't be because it's going to be brand new, um, they can go through the agent to rely to you. So you can still be kind of a third party. Um, although, you know, in those situations where if you're living there and you've put someone at the back, you're going to kind of have to realise that they're probably going to come to you at some point and have some question or query or, you know, instead of going through the agent, um, depending how good the agent is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we talk about equity in their current... People use equity in their current home to build a granny flat. For those that don't really understand it, can you talk about equity and what it is and what that whole process looks like? Yeah, definitely. So you would have purchased your home for, let's say, you know, five years ago for, say, 250000 And you would have paid your, you know, your principal interest every month. You would have paid or weekly, depending how you got it set up. And that would be paying down the loan. You'll soon see that if you're paying, say, $1,200 a month off, you're probably only paying $200 off the actual loan because the interest really kills you in the first kind of 10 to 15 years. So what happens is the market can go up and down, as we know. It usually does go up every seven years. Um, We've had a really good growth over the last kind of seven to 10 years. Um, we've only had probably one where it's gone down and it's bounced back up. But the growth, you know, if you purchased around 2012 for 250000 your home would be probably worth around 500000 today. So that means you have um, 250000 plus what you've paid off it, and let's say you put down your deposits and everything like that, so you might owe 200000 on it. So you've got $300,000 equity there that you can pull out up to 80% of that equity, if that makes sense. So you've got to leave 20% equity in the home and then you can borrow the 80,000. Now, a lot of people fall in the trap of actually 
borrowing that equity out to go buy a car or go on a family holiday or, um, you know, just that might be um, with COVID, they might have had a bit of a tough trot, so they'll pull some equity out of it just to try and get by each week to week. Um, but what you can do in this scenario is you can actually um, pull that equity out of the home. Now, we're talking maybe around the 140000 150000 Go build your granny flat and then you could actually get a return on that granny flat, which could potentially pay itself off of around seven to 10 years with the way the interest rates are at the moment. Keeping in mind that rents probably are gonna go up in the short term to long term future. So it's 320 to 340 today, five years time, that could be 400 to 420. And then, you know, so, and then in another you know, three years, when you get into the end of that, paying that loan off or paying that equity back, it could be you know, $500 a week. So um, that's how equity works. And that's how um, a lot of people invest in their properties and portfolios and then it does create a bit of a, a positive cash flow um, and then you get into the, the debate of negative gearing or you know paying the tax man more money and you now that's a different story I think yes yeah, that's, a, that's another uh, podcast that one definitely so how much value would a granny flat add to my home and you probably just answered it would take about 10 years to see a good a good return because I could pay it off in 10 years but how much if I've got a a $500,000 home yep. and I've put on a $140,000 granny flat yep. in my backyard, does that really instantly mean I've now got uh, equity of I've got $640,000 there? Does it instantly add that? Usually it does, yeah. It's funny, like when I go out to put um, like market appraisals on properties, usually I know roughly what a granny flat would cost and the setup and it actually adds what it's cost, which is interesting. So if you were to go build a $130,000 or $140,000 granny flat, Usually, it's puts one hundred, you know, thirty to one hundred forty thousand on the actual property, so it doesn't really add too much value, unless you've got a specific buyer looking for that type of thing, uh, where you might get an extra, you know, twenty to thirty thousand, or a little bit more than that. Okay, and if I put a granny flat in my backyard, do I actually need to divide my land, or is it just still one title? It's still one title. Um, council won't let you subdivide the title so you can sell off the front house and the, and the granny flat separately. Um, this was rang in for affordable housing. There wasn't enough in our area. So there was a real um, shortage in terms of people affording the lower end of um, the rental uh, market. So what the state government did is said, okay, if we bring this in, this will help You know the people moving out of home, it'll help the older people that are on maybe on the pension. Um, this will help you know everyone, the investors, they'll get be able to invest their money in their property and that's where it came into it, so. Okay. And if I do build a granny flat and I'm going to you lose a lot of backyard space, yep. does that affect my home if I've got basically no yard? Definitely, yeah, definitely. You, you do lose value because real estate is all about land. You know, your land is your... Um, your highest value of your property. So you, um, when a value goes out, and I'm not sure if you've had a valuation done on your home, you'll soon realise that the value of your land makes up you know, probably 70% of the actual value of your overall home. Um, there is a thing called a value as general that um, gets sent around every four years, and that value as general is still probably a little bit l less than probably where the market price is um, in terms of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And obviously everyone does research now. So... Yep. If I wanted to jump online and have a look at some really great granny flat examples, where would I head? What Any recommendations for us? To be honest, you'd be able to just type in granny flats into Google and you'd probably come up with 10 to 15 different sites, different designs, everything like that. Um, so it'd be very easy to try and find it. Um, I will plug um, Backyard Granny Flats again. You could head over to their website and they've got a whole different range of floor plans. The floor plans are very similar because at the end of the day, it's you know roughly a 10 by 6 metre um, dwelling. So most of the floor plans have been done. Um, there's nothing to, unless your blocks 
a bit different. You know, it's not your normal rectangle block. Um, that's where you might have to design your own, but as I don't think that would be an issue in terms of price or anything like that. Okay. So plenty of information online. All right. Well, I think we've just about asked every question we can on granny flats. Yeah, there's probably one um, one um, question that we haven't probably gone over is just the cost of a the council. So a lot of people, um, including in that around that one forty thousand dollar range, you will be paying around ten to twelve thousand dollars in um, council contributions. Um, so, um, but that's inclusive around that one forty. Okay. Yeah. Do my rates go up if I put on a granny flat? They actually do. Yeah. So they actually because you are adding, um, you know, your your bins to your extra bins, and also an extra, um, they also charge an extra sewerage as well. So I think roughly in the northern part of the Central Coast, it'd be around six hundred dollars a year that they would add onto your rates. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in today. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. I hope you found today's episode helpful. As usual, we'll pop all the links and recommendations in our show notes. Today's episode was produced by Kieran Christie and hosted by me, Carly Eldridge. Bye for now. Heritage Media.